We are looking for funds and also we are seeking artists and creatives. So if you know someone who is looking to get their branding message out and re trying to figure out how to remarket themselves for um, you know, post-COVID-19 or whatever it is, or even during, um, hit me up. Go to the website and, and hit contact us. And just let me know what's, or tell me to let me know. I'll be excited to do a pre-screen pre to find out if, if um, placement as a profile in my publication would be best fit for them. So I'm looking for artists and looking for creatives to have these conversations with, um, to expose their greatness and their plans for moving forward in the future. Um, so yeah, hit me up with that. And you know, a lot of times that, uh, much of the time, while I'm doing my recording for the show, um, I try to stay focused on so many things and I try to make sure that I am in alignment with what's happening in the world. Um, I try not to tune out the world and I try to be very um, particular about the things that I say and the things that I cover because it matters to me to not just be someone who adds distraction to the conversations. I am not that girl. That's not what my purpose is in doing this. If anything, I want to add substance to the conversations that we're having. And so I was shocked when I heard about um, Rayshard Brooks' death, um, murder in Atlanta, it really shocked me because I was surprised that we were or are experiencing something like this um, during trying to understand and put the pieces together to what happened to George Floyd. So I, I was really just like brought to like a mental standstill, like how could this be happening again? in the midst of it all. How could this possibly be taking place? And um, so, you know, just being who I am, I just wanted to see what people were saying, like how other people were interpreting what was going on and the conversations that was taking place about the, 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 the murder. And I was like really shocked by what I went on social media and saw, I think a lot of times when we experience things as a society, we turn to our community to really understand uh, or help us gain an understanding of what we all collectively are experiencing. And so I spend a lot of time in, with different people and I hear a lot of um, interpretations of what different races are experiencing, different socioeconomic, you know, all of that stuff that really matters but really doesn't matter to the general population. Just people who spend time focusing on those things. So I spend a lot of time hearing that. But I like to tune in to what black people 
talking about and how we're handling these conversations. So when I, and it took me a long time to get to that point, but when I tuned in to listen to or went onto social media to and just went in some of the comment sections to, I guess, looking for comfort to see if people were feeling the same way that I was feeling or if people had experienced or having processed it the same way that I was processing it. And that turned out to be a mistake. I should not have done that because what I've found, especially black men, this is the, I guess that's really, you know, my was my goal to see what, you know, what black men, how they were interpreting it, how they were feeling, um, you know, they were still being, showing courage and just having dialogue about it. And some were, but when I went out to social media, I saw debates about what Rayshard Brooks should have done, should not have done, what position someone else would have taken had they been in that circumstance. Some commentary in the comment sections was saying how they would have, um, I'm sorry, how they would have, um, pause. So it was others who were saying how they would have um, done things differently. And I just was kind of taken aback by the whole thing because I guess I feel like in that situation you never really know what you would do. Um, and it kind of led me to thinking about the people that are saying these things. Like, what could bring you to a place to where you would say, oh, you know, I would have done this, or he kind of deserved what he had gotten because he shouldn't have ran. That really bothered me. Because how could you bring yourself to a place to say something like a person deserves to die whether they're guilty or innocent. A police officer doesn't have the right to make that decision. And you know, that's what the court system is for. And so I don't want to get into the criminality of 
what happened or what that police officer uh, is guilty of. But what I really would like to make a point about is we have to get back to a place where we value life. Um, that young man's life wasn't valued in that moment. That police officer didn't see it equal. And I have a problem with that. And even more than that, I have a problem with the fact that we have brothers saying that this man deserved what he got. And that just leads me to my, uh, my self-love message because I'm just like, do we have self-worth? Do we love ourselves? Like, for you to look at a situation and say to yourself that that person deserved what they got, you yourself don't see value in another black man. And if you can't see that value in another black man as a black man, I feel like you don't see value in yourself. I'm failing to understand or realize what would cause a person to make that statement knowing that they can easily be in that same predicament. And I, of course, I, I take full credit in knowing that I am not a psychologist. I, I'm not, you know, but I do understand and have a appreciation. Understanding and an appreciation. I do have an understanding and an appreciation for. Am I recording? I do have an understanding and an appreciation for what um, the mind does and how the mind understands things. And with that being said, I can't tell if I'm recording. And with that being said, it's like when people say things like that, it really bothers me because it makes me realize that you may lack a level of self-worth where you can't look at another man and see him being human enough to not slay him on the street. And it really goes into the mindset that a lot of black men have adapted. And I just believe that that's a self-worth issue. Like that is definitely for me, a red flag that someone does not have value in themselves and they have a self-love deficit. And, and I believe like in a previous show and in one in my, not this issue that I have out now, 
But my last issue is mental illness in black men, and we have to deal with it. You know, we have, it can't, it can no longer be a stigma. We have to have these conversations. And the fact that black men are willing to openly say, he got what he deserved, he shouldn't have ran. Who wants to go to jail? Who, who is in a situation where they're trying to work on themselves, have probation, they're on probation, they have a life circumstance. We all have life circumstances where, you know, we can say that that could have been me. You know, whether it's drinking and driving, whether it, and then I'm not saying that it's okay, whether, you know, it's getting into a physical altercation with someone, any, any situation that none of us are really proud of, but if, if you're found in that situation and you have you're on probation on top of that so any little mistake that you make you know you're going to jail you know that's kind of why we have to look at each other as human beings because humans have a right to make mistakes you know you cannot remove human error out of the spectrum of life because when you do and you dehumanize somebody then that's when they are not about their, their life is not valued. You don't think about, you know, the the family that they have or the children that they have or any of the circumstances that cultivates us as humans in society. All those great things. It's just like if you don't give a person the opportunity to have those experiences and have those things, of course, when you you're not going to value their life. You're not going to see them as worthy of allowing them to live if they make one, you know, if they make a mistake. You know, you're just thinking about the fact, I mean, to, the, to you, the person is worthless. But for me, as a, a woman, a mother, a nurturer, to see black men speaking that way about another black man is a true indicator to me of how they feel about themselves. And that's a problem. And I know I put out uh, I put out a self-love message before and it was dedicated to black men. And and it was, you know, a message just letting them know how we feel about them and how we love them. And I say this all the time, like black men, we need you all to get back to loving yourselves. If you saw that situation and you saw another brother, life was taken like this for running and you thought he shouldn't have ran that's what he deserved I, I really need you to use that use that as an indicator that you got some work to do on yourself because there's absolutely no way you should see that and not see a precious life father who has a family to take care of nobody deserves that you know nobody deserves just to be shot dead on the street especially if they're not a threat. No one deserves it. So if you if you take that stance, I challenge you to do some self-work, some self-evaluating, do some hard work, ask yourself those hard questions. How, how, am, I, how am I feeling about me? You know, do I value my life? Do I wake up every morning to make sure that I have a lasting impression on my family, my kids? Am I thinking about my community? You know, am I thinking about women 
and respecting them and protecting them and making sure that I'm an example of, of what I would want my daughter to, if I have, if you have a daughter, if not your daughter, your, your, your mom or your cousin or your niece or somebody that you love and not an example of what I would want her to be bonded with for, for, the, for her entire life. You know, just start asking yourself those hard questions that will bring forth uh, maybe some of those areas where you need to do some work in. Because I just don't think that that is a healthy way of thinking about manhood. I don't think that there's a uh, that is a healthy way of thinking about um, another man, our community. How do we rebuild our community if you feel that way? You know. How do we build with you if you feel that way? How do we fight if you feel that way? Because the reality is that the systems are against you. The systems are shaped to keep you in bondage. And that's what Rayshard Brooks was running from. He was running from the bondage. You know, he wanted to be free. He wanted to be free. And in that moment, he felt like his freedom was jeopardized. Do you feel like you deserve that? Do you feel like you deserve that freedom? Like, you, that mental bondage? Like, it's mental bondage to always have to think about watching your back or, or, or even to sit up and have to decide how, and you know, it's not healthy to sit up and try to decide how you would get out of a situation like that. Because that is not normal. That situation is not normal. And it shouldn't be a normal. And that is the point. That is what, those are the things that, you know, the protesters are standing for. Those are the things that people are working in legislature to try to fix. And the last thing we need, brother saying is, man, he deserved that. No one deserves that. Not you. Not him, no one. So that's my self-love message, you know, brothers. Tap into your heart, you know. And, and I know it's a lot of brothers out there that do. And we recognize you, we commend you, and we love you, and thank you. But there are some out there that is lost in the pasture, and we need them to come home. <laughs> we need them to come home. And so talking about, you know, men mental health and the issues that surround you around that I talk about our men but our women are dealing with it too um, it's something that recently well not so recently but the end of last year I worked with the, the team that I uh, that I worked with the project with for my day, day job we worked on a a data brief where we focused on women in Illinois and we focused on homicide and suicide. And uh, I'm going to see if I can pull up the data to see what it said for black women. But I know that suicide amongst black people is not something that we so much talk about and we just don't see it as an issue you know uh, suicide is commonly known for being a um, 
white male, middle-aged male issue. So a lot of times when it comes to, to women, it's overlooked. And when it comes to, when it, when you narrow it down to black women, it's something that's, you know, not, not even uh, evaluated when it comes to our culture. We'll, we'll blow it off like, you know, black people don't do that. And I, I heard, I love him, but I heard Ricky Smiley say today in a comment when they were, they were talking about the hanging deaths of black people across the country. And I heard Ricky Smiley say, um, you know, we, we're, we're strong, we're tough, we deal with our issues. We don't commit suicide. And I was just like, I cringed when I heard him say that because I was just like, well, I don't think that that should be our message because we have mental health issues as well. And a lot of times depression and anxiety and all these things play a part in our thinking. And we probably don't want to, people to think that even if you are strong, that you have to deal with things alone in order to cope and label it strength. You know, there's always help out there. There's always somebody who is willing to talk to you. There are resources for depression, anxiety, or just life concerns, life transitions. Anytime that you're feeling a certain way, there's somebody that you can reach out to and you should reach out. So I don't want anybody across the map to think that, you know, black people are strong and we don't have to, you know, deal with our issues. We do have to deal with our issues and let's not let being a strong people um, keep us from dealing with them. That message is a, is a toxic message to me. But back to my point with women dealing with, with suicide, the reality is that it does impact black women. And I just wanted to, um, although, although with women more vastly than black women, it impacts white women. So in the data that I'm looking at, when it comes to categorizing it by race, you know, black women fall second in Illinois as the second demographic of, of uh, women, the women that we categorize in this, in this data brief, black women are second. And so regardless of, regardless of the fact, it's still an issue, you know, there's still a population of black women that are impacted, affected by suicide. And um, most of the issues that came up in the data were mental health issues. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Currently, we're talking about our, uh, and the conversation came from a conversation about, I'm uh, sorry, that is my, uh, that is my ambiance in the back, is what I call it. But it's our culture topic today, talking about Jazz, uh, who's a writer for uh, This Is Us, Jazz Waters, from Chicago. 
Um, she's a writer for This Is Us. She died by suicide. And, you know, it just, it broke, it sent a shockwave to many, many people. And some of the statistics that Forbes magazine laid out that I thought was very interesting that is that, and I don't like to read other publications when I'm doing my show, but these statistics were just glaring to me. So I have to just point this out. Is between 1999 and 2017, there was a 9% increase in suicide among Blacks, putting the Black community at 11.4% of suicides compared to 28.2% of Whites, while only making up 14% of the population, the U.S. population. And so my problem is that it's a rising problem. So I just do not feel like the conversation that we need to be having right now is that, you know, black people are strong and we don't kill ourselves. Although there is definitely concern that needs to take place with the hangings that's been taking place through the, throughout the country. We have to, those investigations need to take place. We also have to deal with the fact that it is, it is a reality that the number of black people that are committing suicide or dying by suicide, if you will, um, the numbers are increasing. And whether we want to accept that or not, it's a fact. We have to deal with mental health. It can no longer be a stigma. And not only that, you know, we have to support each other. We're talking about our mental health issues, things that are stressing us out, being honest, finding someone to honest with, um, you know, doing your self-work, finding ways to separate and, and refuel. I'm not an expert, but there are so many resources out there right now because we're all experiencing some, some traumatic stuff with possible job loss, with, the, with separation, being separate from one another. Just so many things, that, and then the uprise or the openness to talk about racial issues and having to deal with it now uh, during COVID-19. It, it's a lot of stress on people. And I think Black people, we are, we have been burying our issues for so long. And now that it's come to the surface and we have to deal with a lot of things, you know, that can be stressful too. So seek help. Talk to people, talk to someone. There's so many resources that's available online. I encourage you to go online and just type in a resource for depression, um, tools that I can use to decompress, to alleviate stress and things like that. Connect with friends, connect with loved ones, connect with, with uh, you know, your family. Let them know how you're feeling and what's going on. I know a lot of times people don't feel safe with family because they can sometimes feel judged. But connect with someone who you trust. If you don't trust someone, then you know you, you may have to learn to trust a therapist, trust someone in the church. Um, all of these things are things that can help find ways to cope. And I have to be honest, I do myself deal with anxiety. So a lot of times what I do is I, I uh, find comic relief to get my mind out of the area that's stressing me or that's causing me to 
uh, look into the future to try to predict things that I want to happen. I just separate myself from that thought process. And I look to comedies, I mean comedy, so I use laughter. I love watching Lunell. Uh, she's a, she's like my friend in my head, so I go and I think on her show and watch her show. Excuse my ambiance. <laughs> but I love having the urban feel on the show. It's a good thing for me. Also, another thing that I do to kind of decompress is I watch the mukbang shows and just um, listen to the commentary and the things that they're talking about. I love food, so to mix commentary and food is a good thing for me. So, you know, you, you kind of have to find a good balance for yourself and whatever works for you. I know some people like to turn to yoga to decompress and de-stress, which is a good thing. I do like yoga as well. Um, stretching is good, you know, getting the body to flow, getting oxygen to flow through the body, all that good stuff, all that stuff works. So, um, you know, let's not make this a stigma. Let's not think that we're too strong to uh, actually have to deal with some of the things that are some of the things that are stressing us out. It's okay to be stressed and to be going through things, struggling. Um, this young sister Jazz Waters was talented, um, smart, beautiful. Did I say young? She's 39. So, you know, um, it doesn't have an age on it. Uh, you know, and we don't know the reasons. I know I haven't read anything that, um, that have indicated, you know, what would cause uh, her to die by suicide. You know, so we can only speculate by you know the studies and the reasons that people have died by suicide before previously um but i just think that it's important for us to pay attention to those mental health issues and start doing our work to focus on them and i feel like that's the the best culture topic in this time that i can talk about because what else is there? What else is there to talk about now other than people, you know, needing to come together, work with each other, love on each other. I mean, that's what we need as a culture. As much device, the divisiveness is out there, it's very important for us to come together and do our work and make it, make it all work together for the good of our community, right? Mental health, self-love, brothers that I mentioned earlier. Also, wow. Yeah, and it's a good example for our kids. It's a good example for our kids to show them that we're taking care of ourselves. And also, so, I have to segue into the main topic, which is, uh, You know, I guess it can add a little laughter to the entire thing, but I was reading an article online and it was about the vaccine for COVID. Now, I like the health news to be something that can help, but it's been so heavy. This whole conversation has been so heavy that I'd rather lighten it up with something. So I was reading an article 
and the article was indicating how the trial for the COVID-19 vaccine um, will only work if black people participate. Now, tell me, how many black people you know are gonna willingly sign up to participate for a vaccine trial? Allie, listen, I myself believe that a vaccine is important. I do, I believe that it is important, but the trust for things like this among the black community is like so minimal that I'm like, you're not gonna get black people to do a trial on this. Like people brought up the Tuskegee experiment and things like that. And if you go onto social media and you read about all of, uh, read all the comments, you'll see that that's the main thing that come up. But, or people think that, what are some of the conspiracies that, you know, they're going to put a chip in in you if you get the vaccine or what was one of the other ones? Uh, uh, I don't know, some weird stuff that, you know, I, I, I myself, I am for a vaccine. I'm looking forward to having a vaccine, but <laughs> I want to help the medical world get black people more like engaged in conversations about having a vaccine for this. But I see so little trust, even with like with the flu vaccine, I see so little trust with black people. It's like, I love a hard job, but it's one of those jobs I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how we can begin to engage black people in an intellectual way to help them understand or help us collectively understand. And I see them because I know there's so many black people that disagree with the vaccine. Um, I don't, so I guess that's why I separated myself from that, from that particular point, but how we collectively can intellectually engage black people on on desiring to have uh, a vaccine for COVID-19. Now listen, as much as I want us to participate in getting a vaccine once it's been clinically trialed and things, I do not think that there is a chance in heaven nor hell that anyone is going to get black people to participate in a clinical trial. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they have to find a way around it that may make it more difficult. I know that they're saying because of genetic reasons, they need black participants, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I do not know where this story is going. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if it's another way to create a, a disparity among black people. It's, it's a strange, a very strange topic that I'm going to keep my eye on. There's been some things that black people have stood by wholeheartedly that I had to come on it. <laughs> I had to come on to their side and say, you all are right. I don't know if this is one of them, um, but I'm watching this. Black people do some research. 
think about vaccines. I'm going to see how I can continue to have this conversation. Maybe I can call on an expert to come in and talk about vaccines to uh, to my black audience, the people that tune in, the very few of the people that tune in. Um, I'm still learning about it. Like I said, I'm okay with vaccines. I've seen clinical trials be, being done. I've read some studies. I understand it uh, a little bit differently than I think the common person. Not saying that I'm more uh, knowledgeable to an extent where I, I think that their judgment is poor. I think black people have their reasons for not wanting a vaccine. And I think that, they, that it's a fair reason. But um, so I'm, I'm not going to condemn anyone for saying that no, it's not something that I want to do. But you know, I do encourage people to gain knowledge through resources, and maybe I can I'll post on, you know, maybe I'll send some resources on vaccine out with my next newsletter. How about that? I think that'll be a good idea. In my next newsletter, I'll send some resources that I've read, um, you know, just highlighting some of the reasons why I've become okay with vaccines. I think that that would help um, at least gain some information or gain some knowledge of nothing else. So we'll see where this goes. I'll I'll stay, yeah, I'll keep looking at it. And if I have a, a new story or a new topic, I will bring it forward and discuss it. And, and see where our community begins to stand on it as time progresses and as COVID-19 continues. Um, to me, it's still new. People are acting like it's gone and it's a thing of the past, but to me, it's still new. So I, I encourage you to get out, of course, get out, get some air, enjoy the weather, but keep your distance, wear your mask. You know, don't, don't be in large groups. Don't be going to Trump rallies and stuff. <laughs> Did you all get your tickets to the Trump rally? Because when it was going to be on Juneteenth, because I got my tickets. I'm like, I want this man thing to be audience. I didn't participate in doing it for the 20th because, you know, he has his right to, to do whatever he wants to do. But he wasn't doing it on Juneteenth. Not, not there, not that day. Um, so, yeah, I had gotten my tickets for that day, but they canceled it. But moving forward, I am uh, going to make sure I get the vaccine information in my next newsletter. That's exciting. I like giving people information and news and things like that. That's exciting to me. So I will pull that together and put it in my next newsletter. Um, I gave you all the spill about the magazine update. We talked a little bit about the mental health and self-love. Um, I am still working on my studio space. I have to give you some better lighting, so I'm going to be working on that in the days to come. So as I grow and as I continue to do shows, I think that you all will see me advancing. I have a new camera, so I hope that you can, you can tell. Maybe you can't, maybe you can, but I have a, a, a new camera that I trust to do the job. And then at some point, I'll have different, multiple cameras. So I'm growing. And I'm excited to continue to grow and grow in my conversations. I invite anyone who wants to participate in the show on to share their news and share their topics. I'm thinking about, I have, I'm actually thinking about adding a music component for local artists, but R&B, soul, love music. I want to encourage people in love um, 
So maybe that's something that I'll add. I don't know. We'll see. But until next time, I am going to enjoy my weekend. I'm going to enjoy Juneteenth. I'm taking the day off. I want you all to enjoy it. Decompress. Um, get some stuff off your chest. Write if you have to. Um, love on your family. Call a friend. Do all the things that makes us human, relational human beings. I love you, and it ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I stole that from my pastor. All right, y'all. Peace.